listening to Tassian Counters on Faith FM, and we're coming to you right across Australia, live from Hobart, Tasmania. And every Tuesday, we have Gary Webster in the studio. Welcome, Gary. Jason, good to see you again. And, of course, uh, you can catch us, if you're listening in Tasmania, you can catch us at 9am and as well at 4.30pm each weekday. Not with Gary, but uh, with our Tassie Encounters program. Uh, but, of course, Gary is on every Tuesday continuing his series, Lifetime Search. So, uh, Gary, just to get us started today... You know, a lot of people uh, talk about the end of the world, all the problems that are happening, COVID-19. Does it worry you? Well, you always get these curly questions, don't you, Jason? (laughs) No, it doesn't, actually. It used to, Jason. You know, the the state of the world, I can remember, you know, growing up... uh, war between Pakistan and India or China and India or, you know, talk about nuclear war sometimes over the years. Yeah, those things used to worry me, but actually not now. And I tell you, maybe I'll share the, the, the reason I'm not scared any longer about, you know, there's things that are happening because you don't have to be when, when you've got Jesus. Mm. That's the, that's the, that's the marvelous secret. Jesus said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. That's a wonderful thing. But anyway, we'll share more about that later on, perhaps. Awesome. Just uh, before we get into our program, I will uh, remind our listeners, our show number for Tassie Encounters, 0488 You can text us in. Um, we, we encourage you to save that number, 0488 Text us in your questions, your feedback, and, of course, you can use that number to take advantage of our free book offer, which we will have uh, a book offer later today, and uh, we'll give you more information about that as the program continues. Now, of course, um, we've got our previous episodes all online, and uh, also if you've got the Faith FM app, you can download that and listen to them as well. But on the faithfm.com.au website or the Faith FM Australia app, you can listen to our past episodes uh, of all of our series at uh, Tassie Encounters. Gary, um, last week, the assassination of God to Helen Back Part 2, do you want to recap that and, and tell us how that fits in with where we're going today? Not really. No. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let me let me recap, Jason. I just I thought I got to get one back on you. <laughs> yeah. Well, last week we talked about the fact that hey, you know, hell is not a burning place forever and ever and ever and ever. What sort of a grotesque God would that be? We mm. wouldn't do it to our kids. Uh, yet God's accused of that. And we showed also we talked about the fact that no, there's no hell burning now. Even Jesus said. The fire is at the end of the world, but the fire goes out when it's done its work. And we talked about those questionable texts, you remember. What do you do? And so we, we went through one by one to explain uh, those things. So I, I'm glad, Jason, that when the when you get the true biblical picture of hell, you don't have some sort of a bloodthirsty monster god, mm. which is what you do if you don't, you know, if you believe this idea that people are roasting and toasting right now and on and on and on into it. What sort of a god is that? Mm. So I'm glad the Bible doesn't have that picture. Yeah, so we, the connection we, we see with this one is, okay, well, so, so, so how does the end wrap up? Okay, that's what we're going to be looking at. Apocalypse, how the world will really end. In actual fact, Jason, this is the first part. We'll go on next week. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, and at the end of the program, we'll give you the, uh, the title and the teaser for next week. So uh, t- 
to hang in there. So, uh, Gary, we should uh, get into today's. Um, so how will the world end, Gary? Right, well, let, let, me, let me begin with a uh, column that Philip Adams, you can hear him on ABC Radio sometimes in the afternoon. I, I think he's still on, but I remember I've listened to him a few times now. But he had an, a column in the Weekend in Review some years ago, and it was called It's Apocalypse Now, But How? And he mm-hmm. gave 10 scenarios of how people think the world will end. Notice number one, uh, terrorist, nuclear or biological attack. Good way to get the day started, isn't it? Yeah. That was number one. Number two was the threat of epidemics, you know, the superbugs like uh, COVID-19 or Ebola virus. They're going to wipe the planet out. Scenario number three was the enlarging hole in the ozone layer. So we're all going to fry to death. That's a nice way, isn't it? Mm. Uh, number four was oxygen depletion. We're all going to sort of, you know, suffocate it, get asphyxiated. We'll run out of oxygen. And then number five was a, an asteroid smashing into the planet, a few asteroids. And, of course, I was even listening on uh, ABC radio a few years ago on this one, and scientists believe, you know, this causes tidal waves and so on and so forth. And so, you know, this is how it's going to end, according to some people. Mm. Scenario number six, genetic bioengineering. We're getting so smart with the way we mess around with the DNA and the genome. And so we're going we're gonna, to, you know, just destroy life in this way. Number seven scenario was religious extremists. In other words, you know, people like the tel- like the Taliban or the ISIS. These people are going to just be so extreme; they're going to cause all sorts of havoc in the world. Scenario number eight was social disintegration and ethnic cleansing. What do we mean by that? Well, the sort of thing we had in World War Two with the Nazis, you know, destroying the Jewish people, and we've had it in Rwanda. Mm. Uh, Bosnia and and Serbia and all that thing that went on. There's ethnic cleansing. It, it, it doesn't stop. Cambodia with Pol Pot and so on. Uh, this is how the world is going to end, according to some people. It's really a joyful day. Way to get the day started, Jason. <laughs> I hope there's some good news somewhere, Gary. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get to the good news, Jason. This is just Philip Adams on his yeah. radio show, on his, on his but, newspaper. But, remember. you know, as you think about it, this is... Um I guess the the doom and gloom that, of the reality of a world that we live in, if we don't have some other exactly, hope. we're, we're going to come to that. But you're right, and and I know we've got two more to go. But you know, it reminds me of that doomsday clock. And you know, I had a friend yeah. uh, ask me just the other day, he, not a Christian, um, and he asked me, you know, what do you think about that clock? Do you think do you think yeah. that's real? And of course, that that uh, doomsday clock that's getting closer and closer to midnight. Um, has you know nothing to do with Christianity. No. It's 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 simply the scientific, yes, you know, analysis of the world and and all of the threats that yeah. that this is talking about. Yeah, you know, well, this what, is a this is a column in Australian papers. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and and these are the sorts of threats, I guess, that we face. Yeah, exactly. So uh, what was number nine? Number nine overpopulation. Too many mouths to feed, Jason. Yeah, and so we're all going to fight for the food and, and 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 so on. This is this is what some people believe. Number ten is starvation by water depletion. You wouldn't mm. think that in Tasmania right now, <laughs> but, you know, we're going to run out of water and so there's going to be all sorts of trouble, you know, as people, you know, get carry on because, you know, they, you know riots and all sorts of things to get, get more water and so on. So Philip Adams finished his column with this. Well, folks, have a nice day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, have a nice day to you too, Mr Adams, you'd think, wouldn't you, <laughs> with all that lot. Mm. <laughs> But actually, Philip Adams left off the one scenario as to how the world actually really will end. And he didn't, uh, obviously he's not a Christian, this guy. 
I don't think so. Yeah. But what, what <laughs> he I didn't heard, write about it anyway. He didn't write about it anyway. I, I, I don't know, but I haven't sort of picked that up yet. Mm. He, he actually missed out on the 11th scenario, and we could call this program Apocalypse, the 11th scenario, and that is the return of Jesus Christ. Mm. And this in the Bible, it's actually called the Blessed Hope. In fact, I wonder, Jason, if you could read for us Titus 2.13. Just read for us this, this passage. It says, While we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Now, this, this second coming or the return of Jesus, he came the first time 2,000 years ago, uh, it's called the blessed hope for some very good reasons, which we'll pick up later on. But the second coming is spoken of many, many times in both the Old and the New Testament. In fact, you know, people have heard of Enoch. Mm. The Bible says the seventh from Adam. He preached about the return of Jesus. It's mentioned in the New Testament in the book of Jude. Jesus talks about his return many times. Paul talks about the return of Jesus. Peter talks about it. John talks about it in Revelation. We, we sort of think about this largely as a New Testament thing, you know, because since Jesus was here you know, in person yeah. and then, of course, the return. But the Old Testament is full oh, of it. it, it? Abs- absolutely. It's the book of Isaiah. Yeah. You get the books of the Old Testament very, very much. So it's, it's, a, it's a pivotal teaching in the Bible, mm. but it's called the blessed hope. Mm. Sure wouldn't be the blessed hope if we had those other ten scenarios, would it? They don't sound very either blessed or hopeful. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad it's none of those. But, yes, we're going to pick that up. So uh, I guess, Jason, when we... well, let's, let's, let's talk about the first one. Let me talk about the book offer for, for today, first okay. of all. Then we'll, we'll pick up the scenarios after the song. There's a great new book offer that we have today called Rapture Myths. Now, rapture means the taking away of God's people when Jesus comes. That's mm. what the, the rapture means. It's the taking away of, of God's children. So it's not actually a word that's found in the Bible, no. but the idea is certainly there in the Bible as we're going to see. So in this book, you'll, people will be able to discover the truth about the return of Jesus Christ. It's written by Steve Wahlberg, who's written a number of books, books like, um, you know, The Mark of the Beast and all those sort of things. But this is a great writer, Steve Wahlberg. He's actually a Jewish Christian. And uh, we'll say more about this book uh, a little later on, Jason. Terrific mm. book. So, and, and we'll give the offer to people later on. We're going to ask you a question right now for you to text in your answer. Why might Christians call the end of the world, as we know it, the blessed hope? Now, I know we've explained a bit, but you might have your own reasons. So text us in on 0488-880-891. We would love to hear from you. Why would you call the end of the world, as we know it, the blessed hope? So text us in. Or the return of Jesus, the blessed hope. Yeah, the return of Jesus. Um, The... uh, the number to text us in on is 0488-880-891. On the topic of hope, here is All My Hope by Torrin Wells. Hey. 
Welcome back to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM. You're listening to Jason Cook and Gary Webster this morning. And we're talking about the apocalypse. How will the world really end? And just before we went to a break, we asked the question, 
why might you call the end of the world and the return of Jesus the, the blessed hope? And uh, we had uh, Margie text in, a great answer. She says, Morning, Gary and Jason. I would replica Gary's words. Our hope is only in Jesus and his return. What a glorious day that will be. Yes, yeah, very true. Yeah, thanks, Margie. And uh, David from WA also has says hello to us this morning. Uh, Gary, David, so. good day, David. Yeah. <laughs> So, Gary, um, we're going to learn a bit more about how this will actually play out. Yes, so why is it called the Blessed Hope? That was the, the question we sort of ended on. Well, the first one is this. When Jesus returns, he raises his dead friends to life. We're going to go to Thessalonica. Thessalonica is a city, of course, in, in, in Greece today. You can visit the old ruins of it, in fact. It's an amazing place. But uh, Paul came here. And he wrote some interesting words to his friends in Thessalonica uh, to sort of encourage them. I want you to read for us First uh, Thessalonians four thirteen and sixteen, please, Jason. Okay. And uh, today, the, both the first verse I read and this one is in the NIV version. Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death, so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Now, there it is, the dead in Christ, the people who put their trust in Jesus, Jason. They're going to come to life. So, you know, the return of Jesus, first of all, it's the blessed hope, because should we die, and we're all going to go into the box one day, aren't we? Mm. Uh, unless Jesus comes before that time, we will come alive again. That's the first reason it's the blessed hope. Mm. The second one is the fact that he comes to reunite his friends who were torn apart in death. He continues on in the same passage. I wonder if you could read for us uh, verse 17 now, Jason, of the same passage. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so will we, we will be with the Lord forever. Okay, so in other words, after the dead in Christ are raised first, then he says, we who are still alive at that time will be caught up. And we could say we'll be raptured, if you like. That's the word where the rapture idea comes from. We'll be caught up together with them. That's it. That is our dead friends in Jesus. We'll be caught up together. So imagine what a day of reunions it's going to be, Jason, when Jesus returns. I don't know about you, but it'd be a great place to be. It would be at a cemetery on the day Jesus <laughs> returns. Imagine be little amazing. children being put back in the arms of their mums. You know, mm. last time, uh, you know, they saw their child was crossing the road and, and it was and the child was killed. And now God's going to place the children back in the arms of the mums. Imagine the last time you saw, I know the last time I talked to my mum was over the telephone. She was uh, in Perth in Western Australia and I was in in, uh, in the United States in, in uh, near Chicago. And uh, I'd come home to spend a week with her, had to go back because I was on a study program and and then she died. But I remember speaking to her about the night or two before, just talking to her. She couldn't, she couldn't speak, but she could hear me, you know. So what a, what a day that's going mm. to be, Jason, to, to meet our loved ones again. That's why it's called the Blessed Hope. It's, uh, it uh, reminds me sort of like the end of a movie scene almost, isn't it? Yes. You know, the, 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 and the triumphal um, ending. Yeah, <laughs> Not absolutely. a sad ending, but a happy ending. Absolutely, mm. yeah. There's a third reason, and that is he's going to give his friends new bodies when he returns. Uh, read for us this time. 
in in uh, from the book of Corinthians. By the way, Paul came to Corinth. Corinth was a very oh, we could call it a city given to all sorts of stuff. You know, there's a you can see Acro Corinth. That's the high Corinth behind the the one of Paul's. That is up on a huge hill. Uh, they had a temple. So they say to a thousand prostitutes because you know all sorts of things went on. So Corinth was really not a great place. Paul came here, preached about Jesus and how people could have hope and meaning and purpose in life. And then he wrote a letter to his... By the way, Paul was actually taken before the Bema. We call it the judgment seat of Gallio in this place. You can actually see the very place today where this took place. But Paul then writes to his friends in Corinth sometime later. And I want you to read for us 1 Corinthians 15. We're looking at verse 51, 52 and 54. What a triumphal verses these are. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We we will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable, and the mortal with the immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Wow, what a, tri- what a triumphant passage. Listen, he says, we're not all going to sleep, meaning we're not all going to die, but we will all, that's the dead in Christ, and the living will all be changed. We'll get new bodies, he say, and it's going to happen in a moment. Imperishable, what does that mean? It means it, it can't be destroyed. It can't yeah. die. It can't uh, can't get can't yeah. get sick and wear yeah. out and peter yeah. out. And immortal means it cannot die. It's mm. it's not subject to death anymore. You know, you imagine some people they've never seen a sunset, Jason. Never seen a sunset because they've been blown blind. But there's coming a day mm. when they will see for the first time. What a day! Mm. Imagine those kids have never walked. Or a person that's been in a traffic accident, they're a quadriplegic or a paraplegic, they're going to run like the wind. Unbelievable. I was, I was sharing this very uh, passage in, in New Zealand on one occasion in Palmerston North. I was running some programs and uh, this lady was in a wheelchair down the back and she sort of, she called out, hallelujah, I won't need this thing anymore. <laughs> you know, it's, this is what it's going to be like. New bodies. I remember... Uh, I remember hearing about a guy who tells about how he goes to bed with his wife, you know, and when she, when they go to sleep, she takes off her off her prosthetic leg and puts it beside the bed, takes off her false teeth and pops them beside in a glass, takes out her, her off her glasses and her her eyes, so to speak, puts them beside, takes out her hearing aid, and he says, "I'm not sure where my wife is. She's not in bed, or she's on the on the on the dresser next to me." <laughs> <laughs> we get the idea. We're going to have new bodies, and we sure do. What a beautiful thing! Jesus says, "I'm going to change you, so that we are totally uh, new people." Number four is he's coming to gather his friends to be with himself. And I love this passage. It's, it, it was recorded in the book of John. It's the last night before Jesus is dying, going to die, I should say, and his disciples, they're really down in the dumps. Notice what Jesus says in John 14, verse 1 to 3. Perhaps you could read yeah, that for us. these are beautiful words. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Could you believe it? Jesus wants us 
to be and live with him. Mm. And I, I, I love that thought. By the way, when it says mansions in the Greek, it means rooms. Mm. I'm sure they're mansion rooms, but mm. the idea is we're all going to live in the same house together. It's like a family in my father's house. What a tremendous picture Jesus says, I want you guys to live with me. So where does the father live? That's a that's an important question. Well, Jason, you know you know the story. Um, you know the Lord's Prayer. How does the Lord's Prayer begin? Our Father, who art in heaven. Right. We all know where, where heaven yeah. is, where the Father lives. Our Father, who is in heaven. So mm. Jesus is saying to these disciples, I'm going to come and pick you up and take you to heaven, first of all, where my Father is. That's an interesting thought. And that's where I've got, we're going to live in the big house together, so to speak. Uh, what a tremendous picture. Well, Jason, we'll, we'll pick up more about this later on, but I want to talk about the, the book offer. Could you just give us a little bit of a rundown on this great book, Rapture Myths by Steve Wahlberg? Yeah, sure. In these uh, few pages, Steve Wahlberg exposes the fables touted by many spiritual leaders regarding the rapture and seven-year tribulation philosophies. Satan hates God so much that he has a counterfeit for everything that God does, including the Christ's bright and boisterous coming in the clouds of glory. Since he really cannot compete on that scale, he's gone underground to enshroud the event in darkness and mystery. Jesus warned us, that was uh, I think in Matthew 24, mm-hmm. that we would be tempted to believe that his coming would be secret. I'm going to pick up that very text later on, Jason, after this next song, because what Steve Wahlberg's on to here is very critical. Mm. Um, the idea that the rapture is secret, is that what the Bible teaches, really? Uh, we certainly it teaches there's a rapture we've seen, God's people caught up. But does it believe, does the Bible teach a secret rapture? Is the rapture, uh, you know, before the tribulation or after the tribulation, before the Antichrist appears or after the Antichrist? These, these are questions that many, many people have. Mm. And it's very significant because you see, truth will set us free. Mm. There's no teaching that the devil doesn't distort but for a reason. He always has a counterfeit. Yes. And the counterfeits for a reason. Mm. Jesus said, He's a liar, deceptive, and a murderer. He wants to, he deceives to completely destroy. So, so we need to understand the truth, and we're going to see the beautiful thing. We've seen first of all, yes, there is a rapture, mm. uh, where where we and and it's called the blessed hope. So, perhaps we better go to this next song, Jason. This is Hope of the Broken World by Sila. To the darkness, the spirit's moving upon the waters. You spoke the words, let there be light. Out of the chaos came the promise, the universe rose and applauded when you commanded the newborn sun to rise. You are the day spring. You are the morning star Creation splendor speaks of who you are You are salvation You are the joy of the earth Restoration comes, hope of the broken world To my weakness, into my darkness, your spirit's moving upon my heart and 
speak the words Let there be light Into my chaos Comes your promise The new is rising The old has passed on You are reviving And making all things right You are the day spring You are the morning star Creation splendor speaks of who you are. You are salvation. You are the joy of the earth. Restoration comes, hope of the broken world. Arise, shine, the glory of the Lord is risen. Beautiful song, Sila, Hope of the Broken World, and talking about the resurrection of Christ, and uh, ultimately uh, that does connect with our topic today, and we're going to talk more about that. But during the break, we had a message from Stuart in uh, Coffs Harbour, Texas in. You know, this is a miserable life. You finally get enough wisdom to enjoy life, and then your body gets weaker with age. How disappointing if this was all there was. Good so point. clearly Stuart obviously thinks that there's something more than this yes. because uh, it would be a miserable life if, if this was all there was. And there's a text in... Uh, yes, first, yeah. first Corinthians chapter 15, Paul says, If there's no resurrection from the dead, we of all people are most miserable. And he talks about how... The, the, what's the assurance that if we die, we'll be raised from the dead? He mm. says it's to the resurrection of Jesus. You know, Jesus died. He didn't. He didn't just sort of take a drug, as some people have often said. You know, mm. you get skeptics who don't believe in his death. He mm. died. The Jews know what a death was. He raised someone from the dead. Well, the the, uh, the Roman soldiers um, who were there yes. would have known when he was dead <laughs> through the through the uh, through the spear into his side and wouldn't yeah. break his legs because he was dead. Yeah. So Jesus rose from the dead. 
bodily because he, when he comes out of the grave that he, he says, touch me, feel me, handle me. A spirit doesn't have flesh and bones as you see me have and he takes a bit of food as well. So this is the, this is the assurance that there's a resurrection should we die. Now, we were, we were going to talk about and how. Yeah, so, and I'm, I'm just uh, connecting this here because Jesus said before he left, if I go and to prepare a place for you, I will come again. So that that's Jesus' own assurance that he's yes, coming he's back coming as well. Back, and that's what we're going to talk about now is that, well, how will Jesus return? Yeah, yeah, so I will come again. Mm. The years may pass on. He even warned that there would be a passing time, but I will come again. Mm. What a great day. The blessed hope. So how will Jesus return? Because this is where, this takes us now to the to the, some of the areas where people believe in a say a, a secret rapture what does the bible really teach well let's begin in jerusalem on this one we go to the mount of olives jesus is talking to his followers and i want you to notice jason how he describes his second his second coming or his return matthew 24 27 for as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west so also will the son of, the coming of the son of man be now, I don't know about you, but you can close your eyes in some places and you'll see the lightning. Mm, <laughs> I remember right. we used to live in Michigan in the United States for a while. I was studying my, doing my archaeological degree there near Chicago and uh, we'd get these humongous thunderstorms, Jason. I mean, they were so huge that you could, you could put your head under the pillow and almost see the lightning. You'd certainly thought the thunder was in the room. Uh, but enormous. And Jesus says, just like the lightning flashes from east to west, that's how the coming of the Son of Man will actually be. And I want you to notice what he actually says will happen when the lightning flashes from east to west, so to speak. In other words, it's very visible. Read for us Matthew 24, 30 and 31, because he's now describing the events surrounding what we call the rapture. Then will appear the sign of the hold Son it, of Hold it, hold it, hold it. Then will appear. Appear, right, keep going. <laughs> the Son of Man in heaven, and then all the peoples of the earth will mourn when they see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather his elect from the four winds from one end of the heavens to the other. Okay, this is an interesting passage here because Paul says, number one, Everybody's going to see him come. Those that mourn, who would that be? Um, those that mourn are those who are alive. Yeah. What sort of people would these be? Well, those who the, are in Christ? The, these would be the unbelievers. Yes, exactly. That's why they'd be mourning. That's why they'd be mourning. Yeah. Exactly. So even the so you know the idea that that people are just going to be you know raptured away and no one will see any Christ return is is, is not supported here. They mm. will see the Son of Man coming, mm. and what's he going to do when he comes? He, there's a loud trumpet blow. You don't sleep through a trumpet, Jason, when you're blowing in your ear. Mm. <laughs> and and they're going to be gathered. He gathers his elect. Who is the elect? In the Bible, the elect is those who are called. Paul always and Peter talk about the elect, meaning those who put their trust in Jesus. So Jesus gathers his people at the rapture, but it's like the lightning. It, it, there's a trumpets are blowing. There's, it's very visible and audible event. No secret rapture, in other words. No, it won't be a secret. So where does this idea of a secret rapture come from then? Well, it comes from passages like this one. If you read Matthew 24, verse 42 to verse 44, here's an example. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming... He would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. 
So you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. So is it coming like a thief silently or is it coming like a thief unexpectedly? That's the way Jesus interprets it. Mm. Well, Uh, it says at the end, when you do not expect him. That's what he's talking about. Exactly. It's coming unexpectedly. In Mm. fact, when you go to the book of Luke and it talks about two people will be in a bed, one will be taken and the other left. Mm. And people think, oh, well, that's one's raptured and one's left behind. So, But then it asks the questions, where, Lord, where will they be taken? Mm. Is the question. And the answer given is where you see the vultures, that's where death is taken. In other words, they're destroyed. Mm. That's the picture that it has. Not, it's, not the, it's not talking about a, a secret rapture of God's people. This is talking about God's people are raptured in a very visible way. And Jesus says, listen, I'm coming like a thief. I'm coming unexpectedly at a time when you don't expect me. When people say peace and safety, then sudden destruction, says the Bible. So in other words, I'm coming unexpectedly. So be ready, not secretly. Mm. I'm not coming in secretly and silently. In fact, Jason, there's a passage that Jesus talks about in this same chapter, Matthew twenty four twenty six, where he says, Be careful of those who talk about secret comings. Would you read for us Matthew twenty four twenty six? So if anyone tells you, there he is out in the wilderness, do not go out. Or here he is in the secret chambers, do not believe it. So if people talk about Jesus as coming secretly, do not believe, believe it. it, says mm. Jesus. No, I'm coming very visibly. In fact, Revelation 1, verse 7 talks about the fact that every eye will see yeah, him, yeah. even those who pierced him, it says. Mm. So Jesus is coming publicly, he's coming plainly, and he's coming powerfully. Why is he coming like that? He's coming for his kids. Mm. He's coming for his children to rescue them. So when will Jesus return? Some people believe that he's going to return after the Antichrist. What does the Bible teach on this? Paul writes to his friends in Thessalonica, Jason, and I want you to read for a second Thessalonians chapter two, verse one to three. And I want you to tell me, does Jesus come before the Antichrist? Paul calls his Antichrist the Antichrist, the man of sin. That's that's his term for it. Man of perdition. So you, when you read this passage, do you get the sense that he's coming after or before? the Antichrist appears. So read that for us. Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, we ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit or by word or by letter, as if from us, as though the day of Christ had come. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first and the man of sin is revealed the son of perdition, that's the Antichrist. Yes, Mm. Paul couldn't have been any more plainer here, Jason. He says, listen, don't think that Jesus has come. You know, someone says, oh, we got a letter from Paul that Jesus has come, or we said that he's already here, he goes on. He says, no, no, Jesus is not going to come until Antichrist appears. So Antichrist appears before Jesus returns. It's very plain here in Second Thessalonians mm. chapter two, verse one to three. Now, another question that people have: Is Christ returned for His people after the tribulation, or the seven last plagues is what the Bible calls the tribulation? Does He come after or before mm. those plagues? Read for us. Uh, let's go to Revel to Matthew twenty-four. We're in the same passage. Jesus is talking. 
Matthew 24, 29 to 31, Jason. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, that's after the tribulation of Mm. those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels and with a great sound of a trumpet and they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. Okay, so it's very plain, isn't it? It is very plain. After the tribulation. Immediately after the tribulation, then Jesus comes. So the idea that Christians will be raptured away before this time of tribulation, clearly it's not taught by Jesus. Mm. So what about those who lost their moral compass, meaning those who hold on to sin, who cling to it, uh, they become the enemies of God's children. What happens to them? We're going to pick that up next week, Jason, when we look at Armageddon and the death of death. But we need to uh, go to a song. And after the song, I want to talk about, so how can we be ready for Christ's return? Because that's the most important question. How can we be ready for the day that's coming unexpectedly? Thanks, Jason. Soon we'll be done with the troubles of the world. Going to live with God. No more. No more weeping and wailing. No more. No more weeping and wailing. No more. No more weeping and wailing. Going to live with God. Troublesome times are here, filling men's hearts with fear. Freedom we all hold dear. Now is that stay? Humbling your heart to. From the chastening rod Seek the way pilgrims trod Christians away Jesus is coming soon Morning or night or noon Well, many will meet their doom Trumpets will sound sound. All of the dead shall
trumpets will sound, will sound, will sound all of the dead shall rise. Rise to meet in the sky, oh, going where no one dies, heavenward bound. You're listening to Tazzy Encounters on Faith FM. And that was Jesus is Coming Soon by the Downing Family. I was just about going to sing the next verse, Jason, but I thought that wouldn't be so good. Uh, <laughs> probably better that we leave it up to them, Gary. <laughs> um, now, earlier in the program, we mentioned our book offer today, The Rapture Myths, Discover the Truth About the Return of Jesus Christ by Steve Wahlberg. It's come to that time of the program where we give you the code. That code is DIG19, number 19, DIG19. If you text that into 0488 880 we will be able to get that book out to you as soon as possible which normally takes about three or four weeks sometimes uh, we get people texting in to say I haven't got my book yet but it can take a little while because uh, there's a, a number of uh, processes that it's got to go through so hang in there three or four weeks and uh, your book should arrive if you claim the offer dig 19 today dig 19 no spaces text that into 0488 880891. So, Gary, we were, we were going to talk about how do we be ready. Yes, how can we be ready for the return of Jesus? Jason, there's a beautiful passage written by Paul. He's writing to his young pastor friend, Titus. I wonder if you could read for us Titus 2, 11 to 14, because it really explains it beautifully for us. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It Sorry, that's the grace. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope. There it is again, the blessed hope. Mm. The appearing of the glory of our great God and Saviour, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. And a great passage. In other mm. words, he says it's it's not by our human efforts, but it's the grace of God that, that changes, that transforms our life. And how does grace change us? Well, through Jesus who gave himself to redeem us, to buy us back from, take us back from all this wickedness uh, that sometimes we've been accustomed to do, but now Jesus breaks the shackles of that. You know, a, a beautiful illustration of that, uh, of, of how grace is what prepares us, because he says, while well, we're waiting for the blessed hope, see, a beautiful illustration that is found in what took place at Wembley Stadium some years ago, back in about 19, what would it be, 93 now, when apartheid came crumbling down, um, they decided to have a rock concert in the Wembley Stadium in London there, uh, to celebrate the end of apartheid. Now, for some reason, um, they had decided that the last item would be given by an opera diva, but ever, all the others would be rock bands. Can, can you imagine putting heavy metal bands without an opera singer, Jason? Mm, sort of, you know, wonder what, 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 what mushrooms were the organisers on? <laughs> that mm. doesn't sort of fit. But that was going to be the last, the last item for the whole day's program, an opera singer. Mm. So we we go behind the dressing room, uh, and we we we're introduced by the TV crew um, to the singer Jessie Norman. She's an opera diva, Afro-American lady from the United States, and she's being interviewed. And she says, "So, what are you going to sing when you go out in there on the stage, Jessie?" 
she says, well, I'm going to sing the song Amazing Grace. So why are you going to sing that song? She says, well, let me tell you the story of the guy who wrote it. And she begins to tell the story of John Newton. John Newton's mum died when he was seven years of age. Uh, His dad was a a sailor. And uh, so from about 10 years of age, three years after his mum died, uh, John Newton went to sea. Not a good life for a kid being on a ship with Mm. with sailors. They were well known for their drunkenness back then. And... uh, but John Newton's mum had given him a little Bible before she died, and so that was part of his, his possessions as well. So John Newton sails the seas. Eventually he gets his own ship, and he's selling human cargo from Africa to the Caribbean. He's a slave trader. Now, slave trading was really horrific. We don't sort of get how horrible and evil thing that was they Mm. would stack slaves in like books in a bookshelf the more you got in the more money you got at the other end because a lot of them would die before you got there i mean just think of that families torn apart it was just evil Mm. so he's part of this trade until one day uh, he hits a storm and and, and the storm nearly tears his ship apart and newton thought he was done uh, he was feared by the sailors. He was feared above all by the slaves. But now Newton is afraid he's going to die. Well, miraculously, they limp into port four days after being battered by this storm. And Newton knows we only got through because of God. Had it not been for God, we would have been at the bottom of the ocean by now, the lot of us. And so Newton starts to read the Bible. And as he reads the Bible... It starts to speak to his, his life, his heart. And Newton gives his life to Jesus Christ. After a while, as he read more of the scripture, he realized this slave trade thing's wrong. So he, he opted out of the slave trade. And eventually he became a minister of the gospel. You can visit his church in Olney in England and you can see his tombstone. And on the side of his grave, this is what it says. John Newton, Clark... Once an infidel and a libertine, just living for the moment, a servant of slaves in Africa, a slave trader, was by the rich mercy of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ preserved, meaning saved in that storm, restored, my life was transformed, and pardoned, Mm. and appointed to preach the faith he had once laboured to destroy. I used to hate Christianity, he's, he's saying. Imagine that, Jason, transformed by the grace of God. So Jesse finishes the story. So this is the guy who wrote the song, Amazing Grace. She finishes the story. She goes out onto the stage and to sing her song, Amazing Grace. She has no backing band. She's just going to sing a cappella. Mm. And as she stands there, the kids begin to hiss and boo. They've been high on dope and you know, drugs and alcohol all day. And the scene starts to get ugly. They, they, they say, what, you know, what's this woman doing here? And, and they call for encores from Guns and Roses and other you know, heavy metal bands. But Jessie stands her ground and she starts to sing all alone. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. By the time she gets to the end of the first verse, the stadium has gone quiet. When you get to the, the, the last verse, the kids 
are starting to sing with her. They remember the song from way back, and they start to sing with Jesse. Mm. When we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun. And all the stadium singing. Jesse goes back into the dressing room, and the TV crew asked her, Jesse, what happened out there? Those kids were ready to tear you apart. Well, the answer is, Jason, grace. God's amazing grace can change the human heart. And it did that night. It changed a bunch of kids. And this is what changed John Newton. And this is what makes us ready for the coming of Jesus. When we yield to that grace and we say, God, nothing in my hand I bring. Simply to the cross of Jesus I cling. Lord, I have nothing. I am nothing. I can do nothing. But I claim Jesus. I believe he died for me. That's when we're ready for the return of Jesus. So tremendous, um, tremendous story and a tremendous topic. Jesus is coming again to take his friends home. Well, Jason, that book going to be a good one. I'll remind our listeners the code today is DIG number 19, DIG 19. That's for the book Rapture Myths, Discover the Truth About the Return of Jesus Christ by Steve Wahlberg. Text your code in, DIG19, to 0488-880-891. Now, Gary, uh, I will just um, remind our listeners that if you've got any questions on this topic, please feel free to text us in. We've got uh, a number of pastors who can um, answer you or get in touch with you, and, uh, yeah, we'll be glad to try to answer any questions that you have about some of these topics because I know some of them are not... uh, uh, easy, but you know this is a, a good one. It's a very hopeful message that oh, yeah, uh, it's beautiful. That, that we have for how how Jesus will return, and uh, He's going to take us back to be with Him. So uh, today or tomorrow, next week. So, oh, <laughs> sorry, next week. Gary, next week. What have you yeah, got for us next week? Yeah, next week, Armageddon and the death of death. That's going to be a great pre- program that we have together. Armageddon and the death of death. Awesome. So tune in next Tuesday morning or afternoon if you're in Tassie to listen to Armageddon, The Death of Death. And, of course, tomorrow we've got Raiko Celic. He's still going on. He's All year he's been uh, doing, we're now on our 30th program, I think, uh, he's doing the final week of Jesus' ministry and he'll be talking about the Lord's Supper. So tomorrow with Tabitha and Raiko. So right now, Gary, we're going to go out with this uh, lovely song. It's called Revelation 22. It's just based on a piece of scripture in Revelation, and it talks about the second coming of Christ. He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming soon He who testifies to these things Surely I am coming soon Surely I am coming soon Amen Come Lord Jesus Come, he who testifies to these things.
Jesus, come. 